Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. Well, good morning, Cornerstone. I'm so pumped to be here this morning, excited about what God is up to in the middle of it. And yes, uh, I'm putting my teacher hat on right off the bat, so it's good to see you guys again. Josh Simpson, executive pastor, got the chance to uh, share what God is up to here this morning. Now, uh, every, guys, every one of you, when you arrived uh, or online, should, um, we're going we're gonna to take some notes today, right? We're good. And it's going to guide what we're talking about. It's going to guide our experience here this morning. So um, uh, somewhere within here, within, I don't know, the, the borders or margins or somewhere at home in some kind of scrap piece of paper, whatever, if you've got to dig through the trash, that's weird, but you're okay. Okay, something to write on. Uh, get, get out a pen. And somewhere within the boundaries of, of your note card, I want you to, um, to write down the greatest thing, the best thing that you know you have ever said to somebody else. All right. Uh-huh. I think about that. For, uh-huh. So I don't know. I mean, uh, the best thing that, that you know that you have said to somebody else. Yeah, I like the looks. Uh-huh. Okay. I know it's quick. I know you're working through the recesses of your mind. I get it. Okay. So that was something you had said. How about this? Let's make it a little bit easier. Um, how about you write down the best thing that's ever been said to you? I don't know. Maybe you've been in a, a role as a parent, one of those, one of those uh, clouds breaking through and sunshine and on, on the moment when the kid says how amazing you are. I don't know. I hope at once. Anyway, um, maybe it's like a coach or, or in some role of influence or maybe as a, as a boss or an employee, something that, 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 that has been said, best thing has been said to you. Okay. Somewhere else on there, right? again, we're on the margins of this, this note card here. Maybe on the very bottom. Can you write down the worst thing that you have ever said to somebody else. That one might come a little quicker. And now, please get out your smartphone. And you're gonna find on the very top left of this note, uh, this bulletin, and by the way, we're gonna hook you guys up at home if you don't know, um, uh, we'll get you hooked up on how to communicate we do want to share this next one as an entire group. Now, what's going to happen is this. Um, on the top left corner, you're going to find a QR code. QR code is just another uh, quick way of getting to a particular website. And there's going to be a, uh, a question here on screen. Would you mind bringing that, that question on screen and poll everywhere here? And if you don't, have, you don't know how to use your QR code reader on your phone, that's fine. I'm going to tell you what to do and how you're going to text it here. But the question you're going to ask here is, what is the worst thing that's ever been said to you. Harshest, worst, one of those, um, uh, a comment that's been made that kind of resonates or rings in, in your psyche, in your subconscious, right? Maybe it's things that haunts you in your dreams, right? That's been said to you. Um, again, QR code will take you right there. It is anonymous. Please make sure it's PG to PG-13. This is a family broadcast. Okay. Um, Let's see, and if you're not familiar on how to use a QR code reader, well, by the way, while you guys are writing your thing down, you could also text um, 
the number you're going to text to is, uh, is 22333. That's who you're texting to, and you could text 96504 and then the words that were said. These are immediate, by the way. These are not plants. These are ones that from this room specifically and online. Show of hands. How many of you it was much easier to bring up that last statement than the other three that I asked? You got take those off. I remember being in sixth grade, right? In sixth grade, and you guys are good. Those will roll. But do you feel the, the weight here in the room just by seeing those in print form? I remember being in sixth grade, and uh, sixth grade, I was, I was uh, uh, a entering the summer between sixth grade and seventh grade year, and I was made by the state of Indiana to visit my dad and spend the summer with my dad. And I say made by the state of Indiana because if it was my choice, there's no way I was going to spend time with my dad. My parents had already been divorced. I had chosen to live with my mom, um, and my dad lived on this, um, on this farm down in Bourbon. In fact, I could get you there right now. It's 15189 11th Road, in, uh, or on Fur Road in uh, in, in Bourbon. And we, my brothers and I went and, and spent the summer with my dad. And it sounds borderline idyllic, right? It was, a, it was a farmhouse, but it was out the farm, so we didn't have the work that went with like living in a farmhouse. Uh, we got to ride our bikes in, in big country blocks and, and uh, uh, went swimming in this creek that only as an adult that I realized that creek was really where the cows got their water and other things. Okay, but as a kid, I thought it was awesome because we'd dam it up and swim, right? And it sounds terrific, except for the fact that I was spending the time with my dad. It was the very last thing I, I wanted to do at that point in time. And I can remember to this day, a moment in time, um, a, near the end of my time with, with my dad there, we lived there for about six weeks during the course of the summer, and for whatever reason, my, my, his mom, my grandma, had made the trip from, from like 45 minutes away and was there present with us, and we had gotten into an argument. And I'm not totally sure that the what, I'm certain there's no way that as a sixth grade me, I would have said anything rude or unkind, right? Because that just doesn't happen at sixth grade or fourth grade or 10th grade or college, right? It just doesn't happen, okay? But I remember having an argument with my dad, and I think it revolves somewhere around the fact that we were moving frequently as, as kids, uh, but the context is not what I remember at all. Because what I remember in the moment is that my dad stated the words, Josh, you don't have the character it takes to maintain long-term relationships. As a sixth grader. You don't have the character it takes to develop and maintain long-term relationships. And you want to talk about moments in time that resonate, things that ring back. I can go to that moment. It's 29 years ago, ladies and gentlemen, for me. And I can go right back to it. And the impact of those words from my dad to me defined the vast majority of my adult life. Today, we're going to continue our look at the book of James in our Forward Progress series. 
And by the way, I want to give a shout out to my wife, Erin, who, uh, who clearly communicated and challenged us to live with this balance of faith and works today. Or uh, last Sunday, thank you. I also today have the honor of sharing uh, with Matt Jakeway here today. We're going to have a, a bit of a co-teach for us. I'm, I'm pumped about that. As we both unpack the practical implications of a life in light of James 3. Before we read James 3, I'll tell you that one of the things that I think about consistently regarding my comments from my dad is that that was a moment in a lifetime with my father. And when there are moments and times as a dad of my own kids where I speak off the cuff and I don't think about what I say before I do and I realize, wait a second, I, might, I hope that my kids remember the good stuff and not that moment. Right? I've had repeated times as an adult where I'm like, I, I get choked up just thinking about it, right? Moments of times as an adult where I'm like, man, I certainly hope that wasn't what they remember, right? They remember the playing catch or they remember the, the uh, wrestling or they, they remember the laugh. Man, and, and, I, and I pray, just don't let that thing that just happened be what they remember. If you have your Bibles out, we're going to open up at James 3, and it's going to guide and framework ourselves as we're talking about this forward progress series. James 3, 2 through 10. We're going to read out of the NIV. I'll give you guys a little bit of time to get it if you have a hard copy of your Bible. If you're at home, James 3, 2 through 10. It will be on screen. It's also nice, by the way, to, like, to physically or even virtually get into it on your own. I know it's nice. James is super practical, so we get to read a little bit farther ahead. So when you're out of here and when you're away from listening to it online or whatever, we can still go back to it. So James near the, the back end of the Bible, right after Hebrews. If you get to the very end of Revelation, turn a couple books back, you're fine. James 3, 2 through 10 says this. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who's never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, think about we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they're so large and they're driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a single spark. Small spark. Six, verse six. The tongue's also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. Then James gets rolling here. The tongue corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil. It's full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and our Father, and with it, we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Goes by saying, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. Our message child today is talk more, or talk less, smile more. It's the value of regularly biting our tongue. Join me in prayer. Jesus, thanks for your presence here. We're reminded that uh, there's an expectation of you doing something whenever we gather together as a, as a group, as an entire extended family. And we trust, Jesus, that even right now you are stirring, you're percolating things, even hearing the words of James. So guide our thoughts, guide us in action, 
And may you speak clear truth this morning. In Jesus, we pray. Amen. So to set up where we're going for, for our, our first point today, uh, I want to remind us that 2020 was more than just COVID. I know we talk about that frequently around here, and, and, and the world does. It's more than just the pandemic. I have, I have other news, right? Remember, uh, in California and Australia, uh, there, were, there were significant wildfires that took place during the course of the year. And I just want to throw out a couple, a couple of uh, quick stats your way about these fires that took place in Australia and California. In Australia, at, by the end of the year, 2020, 46 million acres had been burned. That's larger than the size of Missouri. In California, just last year, 4 million acres burned. That's just under the size of New Jersey burned in California. The total damage combined was over $115 billion. It's more than the gross domestic product of Ecuador or Slovakia. It's eight times the GDP, by the way, of Jamaica. That fire, those fires, killed dozens, displaced thousands, and affected the lives of millions of people and that's what our tongues are compared to in James. Yikes. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be fooled. Our words matter. And if you're a note-taking type, those are the first words that go into your fill-in-the-blanks. Our words matter. I want to revisit James 3, 5, and 6. Likewise, the tongue's a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. A tongue is also what you say, what we say, is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of this body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets one, the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Oh, that's heavy. So I wonder what the rest of the Bible says. Surely there's other, what's the rest of the Bible say? So we're not just taking it just in the context of James. All right, let's check it out. We're in Proverbs. Proverbs has a number of things about how you speak. Um, the way in which you go about communicating. Proverbs 18.21 says the following. It's going to be on screen. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay. Proverbs 21.23 says, Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. You guys tend to agree with that one, right? Uh-huh. Uh, have you ever, ever bit your tongue or held your tongue and knew that just by doing that you save yourself some grief? Right? like this week, right? Colossians 3.8 says, but now, and Paul, Paul is saying this in Colossians, now we're in the New Testament, but now you must put them all away. Put away anger, put away wrath, put away malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. What we say is put on the same, uh, same level as anger, wrath, malice, and slander. David talks about it in Psalm 141. It's like this plea, 141 verse 3. David says, uh, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. God, guard my own mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. There's this idea that it just it opens and set a door over it, something to, to shut. Or you have Jesus' own words in Matthew 12, 34. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, but it clearly applies to us as well. He calls the Pharisees, you brood of vipers. How can you speak good when you're evil? And words from Jesus that resonate for me today, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Sometimes that's a hard reminder for me when, when I get angry or frustrated. I got to be really cautious because what comes out of here 
is a reflection of what's happening here. And if what I'm saying is not positive, not encouraging, not edifying, man, I got to do a hard look on what's going on inside here that brings that stuff out. Our tongues equal control. And there's your second fill in the blank for you. Tongues equal control. I love the analogies used by James. James is really clear. I really appreciate it, right? Uh, he talks about a, a rudder steering a massive ship. Uh, talks about a bit in the, the mouth of a horse. I don't know about you guys. I'm terrified of horses because they're like larger than me. But what it takes is a four to six inch, right, a bit to totally steer that entire animal. A spark. They're all small things that can change much larger items. And James says we can't control it. Did you pick that up, by the way? Go back to James 3, 2. Right? That we can't control it. It's dangerously powerful. I want to re- read uh, James 5, 3, 5, and 6, but from the, the, from the message, from Eugene Peterson's version, because, man, it, it grabs me and won't let me go. It says, it only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. It takes a little one. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, and here we go, we can ruin the world. We can turn harmony into chaos. We can throw mud on a reputation. We can send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. Our words have the power to build up or tear down. It's crazy, by the way, how much harder it was, at least as I went through these exercises, how much harder it was for me to think about the, the people who said the, the kind thing or the moments where, like, what was the best thing I ever said? I don't know, but man, you don't have the character to build long-term relationships right there. You can build up or tear down. Particularly for me, I don't know about, uh, from a love languages perspective, I'm a words of affirmation guy, which means um, if you encourage me, yeah, I'm like, a, I'm like a lap dog. You know, yes, yes, more, right? <laughs> On the other hand, as a words of affirmation guy, mild critique, I've had to grow as a man to be okay with it now that totally deflate everything I have. Words just have that significant of an impact. Okay. Um, I'm prone to highs with encouragement and lows with an offhanded critique. Ephesians 4.29 says this, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only su- uh, such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. How many of you guys know that I'm a teacher? Uh, I've been in the classroom for a decade now. I'm getting very close to that ending. And honestly, it's a little bittersweet because I've had the opportunity to speak life or tear down the lives of thousands of students over the course of the last 10 years. Every day, I have the opportunity to, to share and communicate uh, life or death with hundreds of kids, purely based on the words I choose to use. And I'm telling you, there's long-term impact in it. Think about um, um, my dad's words to me from the beginning of this morning. Again, 29 years, still something I fight not being defined by. And I I have to manually remember, oh, I've been great friends with Matt Porman for 15 years. Oh, dad's words weren't true. Oh, I've maintained an active relationship with my brother my entire life. Oh, dad's words aren't true. There's a long-term impact with those. 
And, and, and those words in the moment, right? I, I, I don't remember the, uh, the I love you or you can do this. As a dad, I'm trying really hard to stay away from a, like a man up kind of mantra with my, own, with my own kids. Now, do I want my boys to be strong of character and tough and have grit and determination? Yes, 100%. I'm trying really hard not to shame them into it. And it's tough. Right? Unless uh, it has something to do with character development issues, right? I want them to, to, to do their absolute best. By the way, in your notes there, I have a little bit of space uh, set up there for you. I want you to write down the person's, the name of that person. Again, nobody's looking at these notes. We're not collecting them after or whatever. But I want you to write down the name of that person that said that thing that you either sent on screen or that you have in your head that was the worst thing ever said to you. Write down that name. And when you're writing that, what are your immediate reactions, even now, when thinking about the positive words person, right, if you think about that one, or the harsh words, the one you just wrote down? What are the emotions that you go through? Again, don't be fooled. Our words matter. That's our baseline for the day. So, how? How does this change then? If we're somebody who is, uh, who is consistently, maybe we have wounded other people, maybe we, we have been wounded, how in the world do we, do we change? Where do we go from here? Well, remember that uh, I said that we have the honor of sharing the stage today. Uh, one of the teachers uh, of, of on our teaching ter- team, uh, their family serves together, love their kids, um, an active leader in Celebrate Recovery. We get the honor of being joined by Mr. Matt Jakeway, who's going to help us figure out how in the world things change. Give it up for Matt Jakeway. Good morning. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. Like he said, my name is Matt Jakeway. I'm a graver believer in Jesus Christ. Let's keep on rolling right into our next point. Point number two, fill in the blank. Awareness is one thing. Practice is something else. Awareness is one thing. Practice is something else. I'm 42 years old, and I grew up with this. Anybody else? Right? Daniel and Mr. Miyagi? Wax on, wax off. I can see you doing it right there. Yeah, wax on, wax off. Exactly right. Daniel was the new kid in town. Underdog, bullied, right? By the blonde guy. And I'm sorry, I don't remember. What's the blonde guy's name from from Karate Kid? Anybody remember? No? Johnny, Johnny, right? Cobra Kai over here. Recent Netflix series, okay? Anybody who's under 20 gets to live the glory of the Karate Kid through the new Daniel. After defeating Johnny in that tournament, the bully, Daniel, and their their paths and lives, they change trajectory greatly, right? Daniel goes on, becomes a successful businessman, and Johnny and Cobra Kai is, I don't want to say the loser, And then Danny becomes the bully. Our words matter. James 3.10. Let's take a look at that one again. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. 
my brothers and sisters, this should not be. Out of the same mouth, praise and cursing. God's pretty clear on this one, guys. Yay, God, thank you so much. I love you. Your blessings you've given me are wonderful. I don't deserve them. Thank you. And then turn around and four minutes later, say something really, really painful, really, really hurtful to either a random individual or worse yet, somebody that we love. James tells us that's just not the way it's supposed to be. Cannot both come out of the same mouth. So if the Bible is clear that we all struggle with controlling our mouths, then how do all of us make the change that is necessary? How do we all adapt, grow, develop so that we don't do that? Your next fill-in-the-blank is with accountability and mentorship. Seems pretty simple. Pretty basic, fundamental, but success is built on fundamentals, isn't it? Everybody needs a Paul, and everybody needs a Timothy, in, the, in reference to... Would you put that one back up there, please? Accountability, mentorship. Everybody needs a Paul, and everybody needs a Timothy, in reference to accountability and membership. Who's Paul? Paul's probably... Uh, one of the early pillars of the church, right? He wrote 14 out of 27 books in the New Testament. The man was busy. And Timothy is probably his most well-known disciple. Last time I was up here on this stage, I shared with you guys that I'm a recovering alcoholic. I've been in recovery for five and a half years. And so how does accountability and mentorship or Paul and Timothy work for me. I have a sponsor. I have two, actually. Different sponsor for different issues that I'm working with. And then I have guys that I sponsor too. My Pauls and my Timothys. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. My Paul sharpens me. I sharpen my Timothy. Ecclesiastes 4.12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So how do we do our best to change? Well, quite frankly, you got to let others call you out. I want to be very careful that those individuals that you call out, call you out, they got to be the right person, right? Not necessarily somebody that you have a connection with, that you, um, you know, what you, you meet and you just make that connection and you hit it off and it's an instant friendship and it goes really well, but you don't know anything about them. Not necessarily those individuals, but you got to let the people that are following Christ be the ones that call you out. If you've known me for a while, Josh, how long have we known each other? <laughs> we were there, yeah. Uh, no, 22 years. 22 years. Josh, have I ever been a little passionate in anything? <laughs> Anybody? <Yeah. laughs> Anybody out here that knows me, spent time with me, not necessarily for 22 years, but knows that 
I can get a little passionate. I can get a little animated. I can get a little forceful. Most of the time, I don't even realize I'm doing it. One of my Pauls, it's actually this beautiful woman sitting right here. It's my wife. I have asked her to be one of my Pauls. When I'm dealing and talking with my children, similarly to something that Josh had mentioned earlier, when I'm dealing with and talking to my children, I have asked my wife to please, in the moment, hold me accountable when I am going too hard, too fast, too far with them. I'm not kidding you guys, 18 hours ago, <laughs> you're laughing, but it's true, <laughs> 18 hours ago, we were having a fire in the backyard, kids were playing on the trampoline, and my son was picking on my daughter, and she was screaming, stop, 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 so we said, hey, dude, stop, he didn't stop, he ended up pinning her down and laying on top of her, and we were telling him, get off, he didn't get off. And it wasn't what I said, but it's how I said it. Oh my goodness, did I unleash on my 10-year-old son with a level of tone and inflection and delivery that he didn't deserve. Holy cow. And I'm getting ready to give this message today. I realized it. Luckily, thankfully, I'm learning, right? She didn't have to tell me. I realized it as soon as I did it, and I changed my tone, and I changed my voice. But she's one of my Pauls. I need that. Somebody to hold me accountable. Somebody that can really get my attention. There is one more tool or tip that I have for you guys on this point. That's the next fill in the blank on the screen. Constant prayer. If you wouldn't mind, leave this one up here for a second, please. Almost a year and a half ago, the first time I stood on this stage, I shared this with you. Develop the practice of praying in the background. That's applicable in so many different ways and so many different things. What does that mean in the context of our words? For me, it starts in the morning where I ask the Lord to move in my life and to make me sensitive to the Spirit when He moves. To move when I'm speaking. And sometimes, sometimes I do it really well. But to be honest... I still got a long way to go. Danny, Daniel in, in Cobra Kai, he turned into the bully. He still has a long way to go. So that's point number two. Awareness is one thing, and practice is something else. Be sensitive to that spirit while you're praying in the background in everything that you do. Rare times, we have three points today, you guys. We have three. We've got some extra work to do. Yeah, yeah. 
bring it. Point number three, when we've been wrong, make it right. Ninja Turtles. That looks like something my kids would do. Or me. Put a hole in the wall. They haven't fixed it. Of course, this is an anti-example of making it right. <laughs> but it's a good attempt. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? You're not going to find this in James chapter 3, verses 2 through 10. But I think it's worth noting and repeating Making amends to those who you have hurt. It is good for them, and it's good for you. Matthew 5, 23 in the message. This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and, about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately, Go to this friend and make things right. Then, and only then, come back and work things out with God. Fourteen months ago, World Health Organization declared the COVID-19 to be a pandemic, right? Remember that? A lot more questions than answers. We didn't know what it was going to look like. We didn't know how life was going to go on. Didn't know if we have to stay home. Didn't know if we were going to have work for many of us. How are we going to feed our families? If I can't work, how am I going to pay the bills? I work as a purchasing agent at a factory on the south side of Goshen. And it was before we had learned that we were an essential business, so we were going to be allowed to stay open. But before we had learned that, We actually threw it into overdrive. We're a one-shift shop, but we had some folks in March regularly work 24, 30, maybe even 36 hours straight, trying to get things out the door, trying to get the revenue in so we can continue to make payroll because people need a paycheck. One of those sessions, I was there, and I heard a joke that a coworker of mine said. And I thought it was hilarious. I posted it on social media that night or the next day. I'm not going to repeat it here, what I said, because it was racially insensitive. And I didn't, I didn't recognize that at the time. I went to school here at Bethel in town, and one of my classmates was Melissa. Melissa was born in Korea and adopted by American parents and has lived her whole life here in the States. And on and off throughout her whole life, Melissa has had to deal with what for most of us under the surface is racism because of her ethnicity. But if you paid attention to the news over the last 12 months, 14 months, you'll see that people are acting out against Asians and Asian Americans in physical attacks more so than ever before, at least in my lifetime. I put that joke on Facebook and Melissa reached out to me, asked me to take it down, to change it, and I didn't. Six days ago, 
through a conversation with my wife, actually. And she didn't even realize she triggered this in me, but I realized, oh, crap, I did something wrong. And I need to make it right. So we had some messages going back and forth before we could finally catch each other on the phone. She didn't live all that far from me, a mile or two. And we talked for 30 or 45 minutes. Sometimes when you try to make it right, it goes poorly. It's hard. It's tough. It's not received well. That's okay. But luckily, Melissa and I ended that conversation in a good tone, on good footing. I apologize sincerely. She accepted my apology. And we both felt better afterwards. So that's point number three. When we've been wrong, make it right. So we're getting ready to wrap up our message here today. And we have some opportunities for prayer. Remember back at the beginning, Josh asked you three questions before we did the poll everywhere. What is the best thing you've said, said to somebody? What's the best thing somebody has said to you? I want to focus on those two questions. And if you're here today in this room or if you're watching us online at home, this is an opportunity for you to publicly state that you want to be one of those individuals whose name is written down when others are asked whose words have made the most positive impact on you. If you're one of those individuals, I want you to stand up right here, please. If you're at home, please type it in. If you're one of those individuals, this is that you want to be one of those folks that are remembered for the positive impact that you've done. If you feel the spirit moving in your belly right now, your palms are getting a little bit sweaty, don't miss on this opportunity. I want to play, pray a prayer of blessing over you. Then Josh will come up and we'll do another prayer opportunity. Last chance to get in on this. rest of the church, if you're around and you see these people, we've got a lot standing up. It's not very often you get a lot standing up for this question like this. Will you pray with me? Lord, I want to be the guy that says you are wonderful and you are amazing and you are blessing me beyond what I deserve and that's where I want it to stop. I don't want to be the one that is remembered for saying something hurtful or degrading. Lord, all these people here in this room that have stood up, everybody at home that is watching and is typed in, include me in this. Lord, I ask that you will pray a bless, or excuse me, I pray that you will bestow a blessing upon these people, upon myself. Creating us a, creating us a natural supernatural tendency to be that person, to be the one that uplifts and encourages to strengthen. That when we move on to another job, to another church, or go home to be with you, Lord, we will be remembered as the one that always said, edifying and uplifting things. 
Strengthen us, empower us, teach us, and show us how to do that, Lord. In your holy name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.